0: They say the mind has a powerful way of attracting things that are in harmony with it, good and bad. So how do you protect your mind? How do you take care of your mind? In this episode, I have a talk with Roberta Chisui, who is currently pursuing her Master's in Health and International Development at the London School of Economics. We have a talk about finding home in your mind. Welcome back to this week's episode of Can We Talk? A hey, for a minute. Hey. It's your girl Belinda, also known as Munna Kampala, and I'm excited to be back this week with another episode of Finding Home. And this episode, we're going to be finding home in our minds, and I have an interesting guest. <laughs> Ah, uh, say this, is Roberta. Um, say hi, Roberta. Say what's up. Say what's up. Hey, before guys. What's I give my car on intro, of course, you'll introduce yourself, okay? But, um, for our listeners, so I've known Roberta, I think, for more than half my life, actually. Now that I think about it, is it, yeah, 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 more than half. Like, um, we became friends in what P3, P4? Yeah, you probably. P3 p3 three, and we've been rolling ever yeah. since we had data sport the, the, the crew shout out <laughs> <laughs> to nicole um debbie like we had a whole crew and yeah. this was in green hill so mm-hmm. we're green hill ogs that's yeah. time i was thinking i was remembering the do you know what popped in my head Extend your horizons, yeah. shall say. <laughs> And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but um, other than being my friend, Roberta is um, a mental health advocate. She has done a lot of work in the Ugandan mental health commun- commun- space, according to me. Um, she has advocated for accessible mental health services. She shares a lot of resources on her social media as well. And she has worked with Global Shapers. Um, is it mental support, UG? You may be able to, you may um, mm-hmm. think me, <laughs> correct yeah. me. And she has also given talks on her personal journey with her own mental health. So this why I thought it would be interesting to have this conversation with her. So, Roberta, you can also introduce yourself if you feel like I didn't do you justice.
1: Okay, hey guys. Um, okay, let me just quickly flag that um, emotional support UG is actually my really good friend's organization. Mm-hmm. She's called Rachel, and she's running an. Um, an amazing platform that provides people with affordable mental health services. So please check that out. Um, I do share a bit about their work on social media. Um, But yeah, so to introduce myself, um, yes, I'm very into mental health, having dealt with my own mental health struggles. And I do definitely see myself pursuing a career in mental health policy. I'm currently doing my master's. I I, I hate that I'm introducing myself as a person. No, no,
0: go ahead.
1: But um, I'm doing my master's at the London School of Economics and Health and International Development. And um, ultimately, I do want to work in health policy, specifically mental health policy, because um, the bulk of Africa's population is um, very young. And so we need to make sure that um, our mental health is great to make sure that we can deal with the continent's developmental challenges. So that's why I'm super passionate about mental health. Young people, better mental health stronger economies
0: yeah so i wanted to start off this um i don't know if you've heard i know you're aka's biggest fan okay. <laughs> yeah so <Love> him, <laughs> yeah so i don't know if you've heard about today because you seem to be so okay and happy hey hey what happened uh aka's girlfriend wife fiance
1: the, yeah, yeah she
0: committed suicide you what 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 Yeah, she committed suicide, um, I think was it, yesterday. So they were in Cape Town, and she jumped off a building um, because she has been dealing with depression. And yeah, she decided to end her life yesterday. I think they were from a club the previous day because I saw someone posting uh, a video of them, like, you know, clubbing and stuff. And then, yeah. So you have... I wanted to start there because... You have also shared about losing at least three people in a space of like three years to suicide. Yeah. And it's 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 sad to see that a lot of our generation, like you've said, um, we're mm-hmm. facing these things probably magnified. I don't I don't know, like what what do you have to say about like that whole situation? For example, people who are trying to deal with grief. I know a lot of times grief of celebrities, of public figures and things like that, it Mm -hmm. affects us too. It triggers things in us. It triggers... Mm -hmm. um, And it's grief. We actually feel like we've lost someone. And grief is a part of... Dealing with grief, especially in adulting, is a big Mm -hmm. part of finding home within Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how did
0: you deal with that when it came to your friends, for example? How were you able to find
1: yeah how was I able to come to terms with it? I mean I'll be super honest um and I hate it when people say this, but it's definitely um a process. Do you know what I mean it's not and and I think it was i think i think first of all, I must say it was really scary because um these girls that passed away were brilliant, not to say that if they hadn't been brilliant that it would have been okay but um these were girls that I looked up to. Like, honestly, like one of the girls I genuinely thought would be South Africa's next president. And so I think for me, I think a very big part of dealing with this was, I think, I mean, I mean, you can see I'm struggling to answer the question because it's definitely been a process. But I think just constantly reminding myself that, you know, never to underestimate how... I'm feeling and if if ever I'm feeling overwhelmed by things or if ever I'm feeling like, oh, things are a lot to always um, ask for help and to always seek for help, because I know and, and you spoke about this on one of your episodes, you know, the culture of silence and sometimes, you know, you might be going through something, but you feel like, oh, I can't talk about it. I can't speak about it. Other people have it worse. But I think with some of these girls, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way to actually seek support. Because it was really scary. Because it's like, you know, when you're looking up to people and they're tapping out, it's like, hey, you gay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, you
1: know if, what I mean? If, yeah. It's, it's like, what must happen? Like, what, what what's the point of any of this? And so I think, like, a very big part of dealing with all of this for me has been... Um, just asking for help and like constantly affirming myself and also not being too hard on myself as well. And I know that's like a very tricky one, mm. especially for the, um, for the overachievers in the building, because it's like, you know, you're always trying to be Bruh. <laughs> <We're here.
0: laughs>
1: Bruh. you know, honestly, because it's like, you're always out here trying to be great, trying to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Or even if you don't feel like, maybe you wouldn't classify yourself as an overachiever and you maybe sometimes feel like you're not doing well enough and people around you are like, you know, doing a lot and you just, I've I've low-key lost my train of thought. Okay, I've come back. Um, But I think just reminding myself that, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, like, like this life is um, temporary. And I mean, I know that sounds like very pessimistic, but it's like, you know, don't, don't break yourself like yeah. find a balance and if you're struggling just just ask for help like that's definitely been a very big part of dealing with the grief that yeah. came with um seeing these three amazing ladies lose their lives by suicide yeah
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. and also
0: i think um to your point of asking for help as overachievers yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um mm-hmm. or even if you're not an overachiever but just in general the way our generation is kind of hard with Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable and saying, yo, I'm actually not dealing with this, okay? Like I'm mm-hmm. not dealing with this at all. I need help and stuff. Yeah. Um on the other hand, also in terms of your own community, I think there's also a responsibility that we don't talk about enough that we have towards other individuals that we care about. If yeah. you know they're exactly. going through something, pay attention to your friends, you know. Um, if you know your friend is who's always doing something in a certain way, there's a change like pay attention to it and reach out because sometimes it's hard to reach out when you're going mm-hmm, through it. Mm-hmm. So, if the other hand can reach out, like, yeah. it's it's something that we need to talk about more as well, yeah, um, yeah, 100%. But, yeah. yeah, but um, let's get into the conversation of today. Uh, okay. it's So, how would you define if you were to put it in words? Because everyone has a different definition of home. But how would you define finding home in your mind and based on your journey? You know the song by Diana Ross. It's my house, Mm
1: -hmm. and I live here. Uh, It's my house. You all know I love this 70s 70s and 80s bops. Yeah. I think for me, like, if I think about finding home in my mind, if I reflect on the past couple of years of my life, okay, so I'm turning 28 soon. And I think a very big part of finding home in my mind has been understanding that, you know, like, my mind is my house, okay, Mm. and I live here. And, um, I need to be super conscious of what I let in and what I let out.
0: Mm. and
1: Not not even what I let out, but particularly what I let in, in that I think growing up maybe as a girl um, in an African society, there's certain expectations of you, for example, in terms of, say, relationships, in terms of what you look like. And if I can give an example, like, for example, like, Say a guy comes along, um, and he's not the right person for you. I'm speaking from personal experience. Like a couple of years ago, I met someone. I knew they weren't the right fit. Yeah. But I was like, oh, you know, they're nice, and like, you know, a sister's single and marriage pressure, not <laughs> even marriage pressure, but like, not even marriage just pressure, be, but just not like, being single. Everyone is. Yeah, like, no, is single. being single. <laughs> just not being single. Yeah. And then, um, I knew it wasn't right. But then I let him into my home, into my mm. mind, into my space. And it was a very short-lived um, relationship, but it was extremely destructive. And I think I've had a couple of different scenarios like that when it comes to men, when it comes to habits, when it comes to experiences. And I think so for me, a major part of finding home in my mind has been saying, you know, my home is my mind. And... Um, I just need to protect it and to protect my peace, which sometimes will mean keeping the door closed Mm. to things that aren't right for me. Now, sometimes that can be very hard because it can be very lonely. Yeah. Because something might come along and it's not the right thing. And saying no when, like, the right thing isn't around... It's hard! hard. (laughs) It can be hard as hell, man. But you literally just have to, like... For me, I've just said, you know what, girl, you just have to, like, sometimes sit with the loneliness Mm. and you know trusting that the right thing will come along eventually because letting in what isn't right for you is you going to be very you being very disrespectful to your mind and I've done so much of that and so finding home in my mind has been a major part of it has been saying no to things that aren't right for my mind and it's been um it's been very tough I won't even I know sometimes social media likes to romanticize yeah within yourself (laughs) saying no to all the things that are not right for you so you can be at peace
0: dude that shit sucks sometimes it sucks (laughs) i'm (laughs) going through it as well like it's also a major growing pain like exactly setting boundaries sucks you're like (laughs) people love to talk about it in like you said a romantic way but yes the loneliness will come when you set that boundary and the person leaves yeah the loneliness mm-hmm. will come when you set that boundary in terms of your habits, and now you don't exactly. have that habit exactly. to exactly to escape exactly. to. And My guy. It's, it's a reality. Me. So you've said a lot. I don't even know where to start from. I know. But Sorry. if you were to start, let's start, let's switch it up and start with relationships. Yeah. Um, let's mean also friendships and just <laughs> yeah. relationships yeah. with family, mm-hmm. like relationships yeah. outside yeah. of ourselves. Because before we go back to the relationship with ourselves. I think they affect us the most. They affect our mental health. Um, Like you can be having the best day of your life and your mother does something and your day is gone. Or your friend says something and like, or you Mm -hmm. go through a breakup randomly and your your life goes to shit for like a year. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. relationships are a big part, but we can't live without them. So you talked about yeah. setting boundaries yeah. in your relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, How has it been for you dis- trying to discern the difference between your mind and, let me say, your friends' thoughts, opinions, experiences? Because I think that's a part of setting mental boundaries as well, mm-hmm. whereby, mm-hmm. let me say of you want to be there for a friend or a friend is going through something protecting your energy while also Mm -hmm. being there i think these days Mm -hmm. they talk a lot about emotional dumping where mm -hmm. you know we're all going through it guys (laughs) and as much as like earlier we talked about holding your your friend's hands and stuff Mm. sometimes we don't have that space ourselves and you're trying to create a community and you have to learn how to discern how has Mm -hmm. that journey been for you with your friendships or yeah. even in intimate relationships staying keeping your mind sane. what did you learn because you've taught us what you unlearned from your previous one but what mm-hmm. can you say you'll do different now
1: okay what would i do differently in terms of like managing relationships where say one person might have very heavy emotional needs that end up affecting my mind as well is that what you mean
0: yeah, I don't want to even say heavy because everyone oh, has yeah, heavy, emotional uh, heavy, needs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But being able to fill your emotional needs while also feeling others without emptying your cup. Yeah, because, yeah. So yeah. the emptying of the cup is what I'm talking about because it does also, when you start mm-hmm. doing the work or finding home in your mind, yeah, you have to watch for that as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually a really, really good question. Um, You know, I think... I think it's really interesting in that I think the more that I've sort of like become like a lot more assured of myself and like the things that I stand for and like the kind of people that I want around me and the things that I tolerate and the things that I don't tolerate I've found that the friendships that I've had that have gotten closer and closer have naturally sort of led to a balance where there isn't much there isn't a situation where i constantly feel like i'm giving 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 without being finished do you know what i mean because i think sometimes in relationships that are slightly i don't use the word toxic but unequal mm-hmm. or where we have one party giving more than the other in different ways in like say for example like one whenever say just in different ways like for example say when one party like needs you to help them with stuff yeah you're always there. but then when they need you you're not there mm-hmm. and like things like that also do translate in terms of like emotional dumping and things like that and I think for me I've found that when I've said you know what this person isn't always very consistent this person isn't always um they're not reliable and I've put boundaries around p- things like that in terms of what I'm going to tolerate and what I'm not going to tolerate, I found that the people that have stayed close, we naturally just unconsciously are able to find that balance between replenishing, me pouring out and me replenishing. Mm. I do think it's important to know that there will be certain relationships where you as like for example me as Roberta I will always give more mm-hmm. than a certain person is able to give me yeah. and I think in certain cases that's okay say for example like a younger sibling do you know what yeah. I mean that's fine but I think hey, like all the
0: firstborns will that. come for you you'll be there then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to <laughs> deal with firstborn syndrome in Africa and you're here saying <laughs> I think like a younger sibling <laughs> No, no. Okay,
1: personally, for Super me, tired of like, being
0: junior mothers,
1: I know. Okay, and and I know everyone's different, but I think for me, like yeah. at least. But for I my get what you bro- mean. Yeah, yeah. For me, to my three brothers, like what I will always be there for them, hundred and twenty and thirty, a hundred and thirty percent. But mm. because they're younger, I can't expect them to do the same for me. But of course, you can't have that with any with everyone and anyone. I think if certain friendships aren't able to recognize that. Then I think you just have to put some some boundaries up, especially if you feel like you're not being replenished. So I think for me, in just setting boundaries in general, yeah, my, uh, quite a few of my relationships have sort of drifted into this realm where I don't necessarily feel like I'm joined. And if someone needs me a lot more, I always know that. Like like I'm able to give because I know I can count
0: on them as well. Like there's a like, wave in relationships. Yeah. There's a period when the other person maybe needs you more, mm-hmm. and then yeah. there's a period where that. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm,
1: yeah, the reciprocity is guaranteed, and I've yeah. made the very conscious effort. And I think we all need to do that, to, especially for like for like the for the for our inner circle. I think it's very important that you're sure that reciprocity is a key part of your relationships. Otherwise, you will literally just be sucked dry. Because some <laughs> people... No, honestly. Because some people... I mean, I mean, I've been that person as well. I'm not out here pointing fingers. But sometimes, you know, some, some friendships can be very selfish where they'll always expect you to give, give, give. And um, they're not... They won't necessarily be there in the capacity that you want them to be there. And that shit will actually just, like, honestly, just break your mind. And you will literally any mental capacity. So yeah, man, like reciprocity, reciprocity assessing reciprocity is a key part in having peace in your mind when your friends need you to be there for them.
0: Yeah. And I love that you also talked about watching out for isolating yourself. You kind of brought it up with (laughs) there are some friendships. Like even for me, there are friendships like for example that I hold so dear that okay it's not it doesn't mean that if you can't keep up with this boundary, we are done completely it may just change the dynamic. Like maybe I will watch for how much time and energy I put in that friendship, but it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to die completely because you still need community and Mm -hmm. some of these friendships are important. (laughs) And some of them are your family. Like you're not going to do away with it. There's family too. And speaking of family, let's go into trauma. Um, Because I think a lot of times, again, finding home in your mind is yeah. dealing with that con- that yeah. constant. Um, one of my favorite teachers on finding home in your mind is Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you've heard of yeah. him. Um, I've heard you speak about him. Yeah, man. That guy helped give me a tool. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it has, like it worked and that's it. It's just like therapy. It's an everyday thing. Like it's a process. Um, but he gave me a tool to find home in my mind, man. And he talks about how a lot of us, our mind is, a Constant stream of thought, like mm-hmm. constant voices that you've held since you were a kid, voices mm-hmm. of your teachers. You know, that teacher who told you, I hey, hate, like, you're not totally talking to I don't know those teachers. Oh, god, there's a teacher who has come in my mind. <laughs> he will pass you. Help me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, up. you can. Oh, green.
0: you green. Green, like what they? in <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they will pass you by. <laughs> so um a lot of us do live <laughs> do live in your mind, <laughs> in our minds constantly, that we never have time to even sit back and observe those thoughts. and discern yeah. which thoughts are yours, which ones are yours, and not yours, yeah. and even the ones that are yours, not every thought you have is true. So, <laughs> trying Word. to find peace in your mind, but the constant stream of thought also, where I was saying this is because of the traumas that we face, internal yeah. trauma, things we're trying to get over. Um, mm-hmm. If you could, you don't have to share this, but if mm-hmm. you think back to like the darkest time of your life, mm-hmm. what do you think kept you going, or what did you hold on in hold on to in that time?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think there've been. Yeah, I think there've been quite a few dark times, but I think twenty nineteen was particularly bad, particularly like the first half of it. And um, I mean, you know, Be- Belinda. I think Belinda knows. I've always been like, I've, o- I've always been on like the thick, chubbier side. Mm. And um, but I remember something happened in January 2019. I was just
0: about to say some nickname of yours.
1: It would have killed me. You should. I knew what expo- These people used to call me bigula in Greenwood. <laughs> so yeah, we ain't shit, by the way. Now that I think about it, um, no, but but in 2019, I was like something happened, and I literally at the beginning of 2019. I was so depressed. I lost weight. I was like, Mirabacha, to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Usually I would be eating mm-hmm. like mad and I'd get even bigger. Mm-hmm. And I was honestly like ready to tap out. I was literally so ready. Like I was tap out, you so... mean
0: tap out like from life?
1: Yeah, bruh. I was ready. Mm-hmm. I was ready. And honest to God, the only thing that kept me going I think was my was my parents mm-hmm. because I knew um Linda, you know my parents they're yeah. great they're sweet dogs. I knew I knew if I tapped out or if I did anything mm-hmm. it would absolutely it would absolutely break them it would absolutely 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 break them but I do recognize that there's some people who even if they know that they have people that they love yeah they will like it gets to a point where it's just too much, yeah. And they will absolutely tap out. So I think, I think, and like at that point, like I had literally lost. I had I had lost my mind. I literally did not have any sense of who I was. And I think I kept trying to downplay what had happened, which mm. made it worse. Because I think it's a. I think it's also just something very important for everyone listening to know that if something has happened, and it has been and when it initially happened like it it messed with you a little bit or even it messed with you or even like maybe the shock of it hits you after yeah never try and deny the feelings because it will just take you even longer mm. to deal with it and it will even just mash you up even more and um and so i think like a major part so the only thing that kept that kept me from not tapping out was my parents but in terms of actually getting back to the reset in terms of understanding who Roberta was. Um, I mean, I will definitely say it is definitely still an ongoing process. Again, therapy, but I think most importantly, I think because you know sometimes people talk about you need to heal before you can go into anything again. You need to heal. You're healing. And there was a point I actually had beef for that word because I was like, what does that even mean? Because is it possible, after I've been through something so tough, is it possible for me to actually go back to some version of equilibrium? But I think for me, healing and sort of getting back to who I was, was understanding what got me into the situation that mm-hmm. traumatized me. And of course, sometimes these things are beyond our control. But if something traumatic happens and you could have done something to avoid it,
0: yeah, of course
1: sometimes, especially if it involves another person, of course people shouldn't treat people badly, and that even if you got into something, there were red flags, bichibichi, you ignored them, of course like, not to put the blame on you, because like, sometimes we'll go into situations we'll give people the benefit of the doubt even if we shouldn't have, and we get screwed over, mm. I'm not placing any blame, because it's not right that people should treat people badly, Yeah, but unfortunately that's the nature of um the world that we live in, and yeah. I think Yeah, and I think for me, a major part of finding my way home was understanding, okay, this is what... You took this action, Mm. this was the consequence, okay? Mm. And you're going to read books, you're going to go to therapy to deal with it. But most importantly, you need to be aware that this same thing might present itself in a different way. Mm. And what are you going to do to make sure that you don't get into the same situation again? For me, that's where... The healing, that's where healing makes sense for me. Learning your lesson
0: and making
1: sure that you don't get into the same mess that traumatized you.
0: Yeah.
1: Again. And being aware that sometimes these messes and like I always say bullshit always comes packaged differently. Yeah. Bullshit doesn't always come painted as bullshit. And so finding home in your mind is recognizing that you know the same rubbish that traumatized you might come around again. But Lessons are you going to take from last time to make sure that it didn't happen again? And of course, and then of course, dealing with the trauma that you face. And it sucks. It sucks, especially when you're out here trying to deal with your shit and you're lonely as hell. I know. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I want it, but it's not right. And having yeah. the ability to say no. I mean, um, I think it's either Rupi Ko or Upile who says having the ability of saying bye to God and things and knowing that what's for me is on the way. Like I love yeah. those words. Yeah. I yeah. I think it's like, I don't remember. I think, I don't know if it's rude to mix the two of them up,
0: but anyway, it must but, be rude because yeah, those yeah. are two different people. I know
1: that. But true, no, I get.
0: I <laughs> we'll, we'll figure yeah. out who it was. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 But anyway, but
0: yeah. um, I like but, the yeah, proactive. What? Um, hmm. A lot of people try to downplay that proactive part of healing. Where Mm -hmm. um, it also comes in, and honestly, for me, when I was doing therapy, so I do understand there's different types of therapy. So for me, I was Mm -hmm. doing, I think they call CBT, like the cognitive kind of thing. But what I found from the few sessions I had with therapy, because therapy is expensive, guys, um, (laughs) um, was a lot of the times when a breakthrough came through for me, wasn't something like profound she said to me but it was tracing the steps back mm-hmm. you know um like okay this this is causing you this kind of pain mm-hmm. like you said where is it coming from and tracing it all the way back to why i made those decisions it's a big proactive part think, of it also exactly. i think it gives you a bit of rest in terms mm-hmm. of understanding um but i like that you talked about watching out for self-blame too yeah yeah. self-blame yeah. is also yeah it's hard it's, yeah it's hard to mm-hmm. look at yourself and know that you could have chosen a better path for yourself yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> i think that's that when is. community comes in but also spirituality okay for me yeah um but yeah self-blame yeah. self-blame
1: and especially like as as of course because i'm a i'm a woman mm. and you know because i
0: mean mm, guys, let's bring in context
1: also, yeah guys yeah. also go through their fair share of shit i'm not but speaking from as especially as a woman growing up like in mm-hmm. uganda and with uh, growing up in uganda and like even generally everywhere in the world like a lot of the time anytime a woman gets into any kind of mess even if it wasn't her fault it's mm-hmm. always, I mean, rape culture, you see rape how it culture, is. Rape culture, even when a man yeah. cheats, they're like, what was the wife doing? <laughs> what was, what made, yeah, and so, right, and it's, and and because of that, it's especially hard mm. to not, you have to be really conscious that, so your society is always constantly blaming you when things go wrong, and so when something happens, and you could have done something to avoid it, yeah, you have to be really careful about self-blame, because, Society has been engineered to make us feel like shit about ourselves. And so you have to be super conscious about that. You have to be super, super,
0: super conscious. Because
1: otherwise you literally just like hate yourself into despair. We ain't got time for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tina talked mm. about it too on the first episode, Um, that mm. when you do find the dark or whatever caused it, not to stay there. Like yeah. remind yourself to come back or reach out to someone else to help pull you back Yeah, (laughs) yeah. if you can't do it. um, This brings me to an interesting thing because you talked, we've been talking a lot about, okay, the way you explained it was in the sense of people or this, because you are, you are saying a lot of stories, please. There are no stories on the Can We Talk podcast. We are sharing our personal, by Mm -hmm. the way, to all our listeners, these are personal experiences. I think for everyone, it's different. There's mm-hmm. context. Um, it's not a blanket thing. So when R- Roberta says this is what she did, you can take the advice and apply it to your life. But yeah, she's not she's not uh, yeah. a licensed person telling you this is yeah. what's going to do. She hasn't diagnosed you. She's giving her personal mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that because you kept saying, sorry. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the habits, the habits that we cling on to to keep us <laughs> to keep us above the water because yeah. I've been going through it because being in lockdown without my habits, guys, I miss, mm-hmm. hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's like, okay, now you have nothing else to run away from your shit. You have to look right. at it. Um, right. a few years ago, you talked about quitting alcohol. How yeah. did that affect you finding home in your mind? You you feel like mm-hmm. Roberta pre-alcohol after Quitting yeah. being sober. How long have you been sober now?
1: Oh my gosh, it was three years in um in Feb. Whoa, three years? Mad, I can't believe it. Some people don't believe it because I still be out here like having a <laughs> shaking my ass on tables and shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you're always shaking some ass. <laughs> on your knees i'm like how is this girl's knees not hurting because they hurt they
1: hurt they hurt they hurt i be on panadol before that like don't even get it
0: twisted my guy i be on panadol (laughs) yeah yeah but how was how has that how did that change for you So, you know, it's really
1: interesting. And again, I'm like, the reason I had to stop drinking, and I think I always, whenever people ask me how I got to the point of stopping to drink, I always say this, probably heard me say this, or probably not, but like, (laughs) I always say that um, if something is causing you more harm than good, eh? Mm -hmm. even if everyone around you is doing it, you literally have to introspect and look and say, Is this activity that everyone is doing that is considered cool? Is -hmm. it genuinely making me feel good? Mm -hmm. Or is it genuinely just chipping away at me and it only gives me some sort of temporary, supposed psycho... I mean, not psycho, pseudo feeling of goodness. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah 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 is it is it actually making me feel good or is it actually just either adding on to existing issues that I have am I just using it as some sort of like social gateway and so I was um I mean I, I wasn't necessarily like I, I just you when I went hard I just used to go too hard because like even at uni and everything <laughs> I went to too, yeah I was a really good student what like you know like <laughs> and even when I came home I, I had a good job but like when I would turn up mm. like I just couldn't handle remember my remember in
0: Uganda and turn up also Brats. 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 And going, I, my friends used to say there's no underperforming why are you underperforming? Exactly, exactly and I think it also stems from the fact
1: that for so many of us like our parents like alcohol is a taboo at home I guess understandably so Um, Mm. because of but then so our parents never really taught us how to enjoy booze. So when we get exposed to it, it's like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so and so I used to be just out here doing the most. It would make me sick. I would make very bad decisions, I would waste money, and I was beginning to clash with my especially when I moved home from from after my undergrad, mm. and I moved back to Uganda, I was clashing with my parents a lot. And, like, you know, one day I just sat and I was like, you know what, you're better. You need to stop. Like, you actually, and it took me a year and about 13 months to stop.
0: Like, it's not like mm. I just
1: woke up one day. I kept trying from like 2017, I kept trying to stop, kept trying to stop, kept slipping, kept trying to stop, till eventually one day, you know, I just, and it was a process. It was a process. And, I think initially, I was like... Because, again... And I think we have to be really careful about social media. Because it likes romanticizing when you do things that are good for you. It really likes... So, I thought, okay, I've stopped drinking. I'm going to feel great. And Mm -hmm. fine. I'll be super honest. And I, I will say, I'm very, very proud of that decision. Because if I... Still was out here drinking the way I used to drink. I don't know where the fuck I would be. Mm-hmm. Definitely not <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but I, <laughs> yo, listen, We've been the ghetto, no, just there. The,
0: the yeah, ghetto especially of alcohol.
1: because alcohol is, especially if you have like your mental health is like a bit, um, isn't always stable. Mine isn't. Mine isn't. My mental health isn't always stable. Mm. I've been on meds, and so. Alcohol is a depressant. So you'll think... So some people will be like, oh, I'm just going to sleep off the hangover. But, like, the side effects, like, will literally be with you. And so you won't be as productive as you want to be. But anyway, so I thought that when I stopped drinking, like, my life would literally fall into... Like, everything in my life, like, all my life's dreams and goals, you know, would be... It's like, yeah, you know, I've stopped drinking. I'm an actualized person. You know, no, no, no. And, like, yes, were the health benefits, yes, were great. But... It definitely came with like a very intense wave of like, I mean, I used to try and paint it as FOMO, but when when in the early days because I didn't want to be around people that were drinking, but it, it did come with a little bit of loneliness. But unfortunately, like my inner circle, like our relationship, the foundation of our relationship wasn't like turning up, which really helped. But there's a couple of other people who I am still cool with. But like the, I think the foundation of our relationship was the enjoyment, which is absolutely fine. But at the point in I are mean, I'm still cool with them at, 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 at the stage that I'm at in my life now. I can still bless them because I won't get tempted to drink. But I think at the time, you know, it's like whoa, it's like you know, it's like taking a step back from like a whole social aspect of your life. It didn't feel it. It didn't feel great, but I think it just forced me to like reprioritize and find other interesting ways to spend my time and to nurture the other relationships in my life that I say that maybe I was neglecting a little bit because I was always just turn up, turn up, blasting, blasting, turn up, turn up, relationships with my parents as well. So it was definitely, it wasn't a pleasant experience, Letting like the initial, I think the initial letting go, the first couple of months, but you know, with a lot of these things, you know, you begin to see the fruit of what you're putting in eventually as time goes on. And I think it really showed me, I think it also really showed me how what I could do mentally and what I was mentally capable of. And I think it also showed, it showed me in my mind, the, the the benefits that come with drawing boundaries and saying no, aren't good for you. But I will also say that um in that year that I quit alcohol and then obviously, you know, I was out here feeling, as time went by, I was actually here feeling like some actualized bitch. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. like, nothing. like I can't, and then like, and then by the time January 2019 came around, I got myself into a bit of a mess mm-hmm. and it was also a shock because I was just like, Roberta, but you don't drink. How could you make such a stupid decision that wasn't alcohol related, that was relationship related. And so, also, a part of me was just like, you know, like, f- f- like doing what's best for your mind is okay. You let go of the alcohol, you let go of a habit, but you also need to look at all the other areas of your life that are still a bit shaky, and like, not thinking that just because you fixed one area, you automatically like your mind will automatically become like kawaii in setting boundaries. But because maybe the alcohol was filling, maybe like. Alcohol, maybe I put a boundary in terms of like, you know, the social settings that I like to be in, but maybe with, with, but that doesn't necessarily apply to relationships and self-esteem issues and getting yourself into relationships that aren't for you. Do you know what I mean? So,
0: yeah. So saying that yeah. the, that some habits are a front for something deeper that you're not dealing with.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Because I think yes, that's yeah.
0: what a lot of our habits are. You're like, oh, I just like to party every single day. Mm-hmm. Yet, the truth is, you can't mm-hmm. stand to be alone in exactly. a room by yourself exactly. for even one day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Even like positive habits. Like for me, I'm finding my productivity. Sometimes I have to be like, whoa, why can't you slow mm-hmm. down? Is it because, yeah. you know, you want to keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, You mentioned about taking getting on meds for your mental health Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, there's a
0: lot mm -hmm. of stigma around that um especially in uganda uh but even everywhere honestly speaking uh Mm -hmm. it's like the way therapy people talk about oh do everything for your mental health go to therapy but if you tell someone you know i'm on therapy i've gone Mm -hmm. to therapy they look at you like hey what's wrong
1: they're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. is that something that you find has worked for you? And are there yeah. resources for people who would want mm-hmm. to probably try meds? hmm
1: I'll definitely say it's um it's trial and error. Um, I think un, I think for me it's been a situation where they've only maybe helped for a little bit, mm. then they they have their side effects as well um it has it definitely hasn't been um in that for example like with one of them like it'll calm down the anxiety but like do you just want to sleep all day <laughs> <laughs> it's not sustainable do you know what i mean um yeah i i, I did have to take one in january in, in 2019 because um yeah, because <laughs> of life. <laughs> because of life, and that helped a bit. But um, I think it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I wish it was. I wish, I wish meds for mental health was like you know, I have a, I have a headache. I'll take a Panadol, and I know if Panadol it will be kawa If Panadol doesn't work, then Brufen will work. If but unfortunately with mental health meds, and of course you have to speak to a licensed um psychiatrist psychologist to give advice on that but that's definitely um that's definitely a solution and um there's a lot of stigma around it as well but um I know so many people who've been helped by meds and so it's definitely something that people shouldn't shy away from um yeah sometimes something people shouldn't shy away from I remember I think I remember the first time I was I was put on meds. What as an adult? I think it was in 2017. Um, I was working um, a very stressful job um, at a bank. Um, I'm sure everyone has <laughs> heard
0: stories. <Rebecca's laughs> <is>, everyone's tired <laughs> of how much I was stressed. I will say the she was my word mom's word. favorite bank teller. <laughs> <No, laughs> Me, i My mom. I, <sighs> I met your friend. You know, for all these years, my mom will never say your name right. I'm like, yeah, she's so happy in the bank. I'm more like, my what guy. smile? <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, mad bitch is suffering. <laughs> my guy. Like, and
1: I will say- I went to the, the, the bank way. and
0: left after like, I think a month. I was like, yeah, my, my spirit guy. won't die here.
1: My guy. <laughs> and I will say the people- For me. the My colleagues that I was working with were lovely. Like, my the people that I worked with in the branch were absolutely lovely. But um the work just wasn't for me and my body was beginning to like I mean I was I, I, I mean I didn't like it but like my body was also like we don't like this either so I was getting lots of really bad like heart palpitations and things and I know this sounds so mad but like because I was really stressed I used to eat junk all the time When in Garden City my capital shoppers go and buy your samosa your chapo mm. some connected <laughs> day yeah some hey, we'll pizza deals. I was eating lots of junk. And, and, like, my heart kept beating. My heart would be beating quickly, quickly all the time. And me, I was like, eh, I must have heart disease. Because <laughs> but it's <shit. laughs> Yo, I really thought I had heart disease, my guy. And I remember going to the doctor. I'm like, you need to put me in the ECG, the
0: electrocardiogram. <laughs> oh, but uh, <laughs> and I know how you can talk after you are read Yeshua See, the problem is... <laughs>
1: yeah you know me you know me. my head's just too big i was like oh, so you need to put me in the electrocardiogram to look at my heart because you know i've been eating lots of junk at work and you know my heart's not kawa you're yeah, the doctor just, you know what a doctor just looks at you like these 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 youth that think they know more mm. and he was like well you just have anxiety um because listen to my heart rate it was kawa he was like no you just have anxiety and he put me on um he put me on a low dose of um um of an antidepressant and it helps. Mm. It definitely helps. It it's definitely funny, I've helped. been
0: feeling like of yeah. of recent mm. I've been getting those heart palpitations mm. that you talk about. Mm. Like they're mm. actually scary. Like I get what you yeah. mean that um True. you can think you have a heart problem. Cause even me, Your... there's a night I woke up and I was like, There is something wrong. And it's literally anxiety and it hurts yeah. because you can't pinpoint where it's coming from mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. this time hey, the heart is beating so fast. Like it literally My wants God. to come out of your chest and yes. it attacks you at any time. My God. So Listen. even yeah. as we talk about finding home in our mind, I think that noticing that mind body connection mm-hmm.
1: is a yes. big yeah, it's
0: thing. It's something I'm grateful yeah. for gym and yoga mm-hmm. for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, dude, Dude, literally, the gym's in London open today. My guy, finally. So uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, the mind-body connection is, no, it's really important because if you know what's happening in your mind, mm-hmm. your body is going to start sending off alarm bells. And sometimes it even starts with like, I remember like um, in the latter half of 2019 and I was working at this company and like, because like I was not Kawa, like I was very like I was out here. Yeah. I had like I would I would definitely I didn't receive an official diagnosis, but I think I definitely had some version of like well, I definitely had anxiety because I used to get mad heart palpitations. But um I think I definitely had like some version of like low-key functional depression. Because like you go to work, but like your brain doesn't process information. And I literally yeah, and I was really and unfortunately I had a very like unsupportive racist boss who was just not encouraging and just made me feel shitty about myself. So I think it's also really important to know that when you go through something traumatic, or if you're not even if you want to something traumatic, but if your body's speaking into depression and anxiety, like even before your body begins, you know, giving off the signs. You, you will get brain fog. Like, you you just won't be able to process information. You won't be able to think through things. And it's really important to not ignore that and to play it off as you're thinking you're dumb because you're not. You actually just need to what? Just, just, just deal with it properly by, yeah, speaking to someone, like, reading a book. I'm actually reading a book. Um, let me read the title for you. Let me read the title for you. It's called healing from trauma a survivor's guide to understanding your symptoms and reclaiming your life mm. because like poor mental health will literally have you thinking you're dumb yeah it like really... <laughs> it'll really have you thinking but yeah, no you just have to pay attention to how poor you mental health
0: will lead to pain like back pain. Yeah. A lot of people Yo, have back pain and they don't know it comes from poor mental do, health. Um that do mem- women Yeah, m- like No,
1: women? No, let me t- especially like for me for example, when like my mental health was in the pits particularly a couple of years ago, my uterus craps, guys. I was literally just like, say, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Go to the gynecologist, scan, scan, nothing. Scan, scan, nothing. And one day, one of my gynecologists was just like, dude, I think you're just anxious. Slash, like, yeah. And so, yeah, because you'll be having weird ass pains. You go to the hospital, complete blood count, red blood count, CBC, urine testy. Yeah. Gway. i know
0: i know yeah. become yeah. guys your body is actually letting you know what's happening in your home exactly. like it's exactly. actually letting you know what's happening in your home yeah. so yeah. pay attention True. to it don't just be like it just happened no it didn't just happen there's something yeah. there that it's telling you exactly. something it's sending you exactly. signals yeah. Exactly. Um, to, we're, we're almost coming to the end already. Oh <laughs> Every time I start recording, I'm like, how are we almost at the end? Because I Damn. get into it and now it's starting to get like... Um, but maybe we can end with what's the one thing you've unlearned and the one thing you've yeah. learned um, okay. on your journey of finding home in your mind. I think one thing I've had to unlearn is
1: the need and this is absolutely a little embarrassing to admit, but like the need to not appease and to learn how to be okay with who I am and what I like, because, um, you know, people will always be out here on something, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. But like, I think in the society we've grown up and especially as women, I think we're constantly made to feel like that we don't truly really have value in ourselves, but in other people and so i've had to unlearn that i don't need to look a certain way in order to hold value and unfortunately i had to learn that lesson the hard way because i um i think there was a point i this point i lost a ridiculous amount of weight and everyone was like what are fitness goals i think like i think in my early 20s but guys imagine i wasn't eating and i was over exercising and the results of that have been um damage to my actually, knees actually remember I met- that
0: time in your, mm. on your social media like yeah then initially we, everyone was like, we're goals. not like talking about like yeah everyone was like goals i remember you were way smaller than like Roberta robata I, yeah. I was
1: yeah and so and so it's such things like that that made me realize that you know what like look after your body but don't be out here trying to fit a certain societal stereotype because you think that it will get you a man or it'll get people to like you or mm. it'll get you, you know but again but i had to learn that lesson the hard way when I injured my knee so much that I couldn't run anymore. Do you know what mm. I mean? And so that's a lesson I've I think a lesson I've learned the the hard way is that's one of the lessons I've learned the hard way um in terms of my body and then I think even in terms I think unlearning as well you know saying no to relationships platonic and french platonic and romantic that aren't right for me. Mm. And again with both those situations I've had to learn those lessons the hard way really painful lesson at the beginning of 2019 Mm. and that's why I always I think whenever I'm talking to like maybe like my brothers I'm always just like guys you just have to decide like the kind of person you are and the values you stand for and you and how you want to be treated and say no to anything that isn't that because your mind is your house and
0: you please that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean, and it will come with loneliness because I think a lot of the times, every time I said, we have to yes. say that. I love that. Actually, I think you're one of the yeah. first people I'm talking to who has admitted that because it's a, ju- it's yeah. something I found on my journey as well that yeah. a lot of finding home in yourself. I don't even know if it's loneliness. I feel like loneliness has a negative energy attached mm-hmm. on it another thing with words. Anyone who has, who yeah. listens yeah. now knows. Yeah. Um, no, 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 I hear. But yeah. that's a way to describe it. It's it's that thing but that's why I like the image of a tree for me for, for this episode, mm. where the self is the branch. We have the roots. Yes. There's going to be an episode on roots as well. Mm-hmm. And all these other things are branches, your friends and this, mm-hmm. this, this. But you have to stand mm-hmm. firm in who you yeah. are. And like you said even earlier, the people who who are aligned with that version of yourself will come, yeah. like you want yeah. it's not like loneliness that like oh my god I'm so lonely but it's that you have people like I think people listen yeah, this and you think about now get but guy we have people I <laughs> we have, we have homies like I have yeah like, we, have we have homies, homies, homies and, 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 and we're happy <laughs> and stuff but it's that loneliness of not following society if I'm to put exactly. it that
1: way word
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: honestly it's the, yeah perfectly put aside it's that loneliness and that, because um, it doesn't, you it doesn't feel nice. But then I always tell myself, I'm like, Roberta, okay, what's the alternative? You know, you'll say yes to something that's not right for you. Mm. And you're literally just going to push yourself into the pits. Especially because you're still dealing with some of the consequences um, of the actions of of the poor decisions and actions that you made hmm. when you let something into your home that wasn't the right thing for you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't want to be like again, not self-loathing, but it's like it's the reality. And so you just have to sit with like the yeah the stillness. So I think your yeah, unlearning has definitely been, you know, just doing my best to just like not get not not not, not to to do things be, from a place of like Hating myself or from like low self esteem because that's when you bring in the rubbish,
0: Mm, mm, and then when the
1: rubbish leaves, you really have to suffer with the stench on your own.
0: (laughs) I know, (laughs) I think that's the part it's like, yeah, yeah, they're cleaning up your house by yourself, but (laughs) yeah, 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 Yeah. thank you so much, Mm -hmm. um, Roberta, for coming on and sharing so honestly, um, and sharing a part of your journey. I know this is going to reach wherever it has to reach and it's going to help whoever needs mm, to hear mm-hmm. it. So thank you so yeah. much. Um, I don't know if you wanted to plug something, um, but, or yeah, any last um, words? Okay.
1: No, thank you so much for having me, Belinda, and for creating such a safe space. And um, I think I will say to anyone that's out there trying to, like, you know, make decisions that are the best for them, like, I appreciate that it can be very hard. It can be very isolating. But, um, yeah, I think you just have to always remember that, you know, if it's the right thing for you. Mm. Do, doing the right thing isn't nice sometimes. Doing the right thing is uncomfortable. Mm. Doing and I, I'm not even out here trying to quote these mad Instagram quotes, but like doing the right things will cost you some things that you thought would be in your life forever. Mm. But um, I would like to believe that there is light at the end of the tu- of of the tunnel. And I think in terms of plugging, I will definitely plug uh, my really good friend. um Rachel Lubunga's um, emotional support UG on Instagram where she provides affordable mental health services um um quality she um she's a two time masters degree holder in psychology from the university of edinburgh so my my my
0: name so <laughs> I know why am I out here longing. I so We'll plug <laughs> her in Please. the in the description below of this episode. Um yeah. so people yeah. can find her easily. Yeah. Yeah. And also on the social media can we talk but we'll plug it below. Yeah. are looking for it. Yeah Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the can we talk podcast be sure to rate review subscribe or share with a friend if you're loving the conversations you can also follow us on instagram at can we talk podcast underscore under each of the words to stay in the loop we have weekly curated spotify playlists to go along with the themes as well as blog posts coming out every week so till next time can we talk